This is episode number 38 with Pam Saxman, former corporate executive turned real estate entrepreneur. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, And if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. My guest today, Pam Saxman, is an absolute rock star. Very, very excited to bring this episode to you. She shares so much advice and so much wisdom. Pam actually was introduced to me through my wife, Kelly. And before we got into franchise ownership, Kelly worked in pharmaceutical sales and worked under Pam and gives Pam a lot of credit for you know, so much of what she learned in pharmaceutical cells that helped her be successful in that career, but that has also translated into, you know, success as a business owner. So Pam talks a lot about, you know, how she finds passion in training, motivating and helping others grow and how that indirectly has benefited her throughout her career. But Pam also shares her story of why she decided to essentially walk away from a very successful corporate career in the pharmaceutical industry to start her own entrepreneurial journey in real estate. So she gives some great advice to anyone out there that's struggling with the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt that naturally comes with, you know, taking a leap of faith and betting on yourself to go out and build your own thing. So tons of nuggets that Pam drops here in this episode today. You definitely don't want to miss it, whether you're you know, struggling with the same thing she struggled with and every entrepreneur has struggled with finding the courage to go out and you know, start your own business or you know, whether you're just looking for some great advice on you know, how to effectively train, coach, and mentor people that are working under you or around you, this episode's going to have a ton of value for you. So let's go ahead and drop in with Pam Saxman. planet. Uh, So uh, this is a pleasure. So thanks for having me. Well, that's the first thing we have in common. And I probably need to cover my ass here and say she is my absolute favorite person on the planet. But no, and and I haven't had really the opportunity to talk to you a whole lot 
before we, you know, got on to do this interview today. But uh, yeah, my wife, Kelly, she's a huge fan of yours, you know, said that she's learned so much from you over the years and thinks very, very highly of you. So very excited to have you on the podcast and um, to share a little bit of your story. I hope I have a couple of good nuggets for everybody out there today. I have no doubt you will. So uh, with that, maybe just kind of give us a little bit of your, your background and also tell us, you know, what you're doing today. Sure. It's been a long, windy road, I think. Um, but I think it's that way for most people, right? It yeah. takes us a minute to figure out where we're really supposed to be, uh, kind of what our why is and, and what yeah. where our passions really lie. Um, so I started out um, in pharmaceutical sales. Mm -hmm. I did that for about 20 years. I loved it. It was a great industry for me. Um, like we were talking about before, sales is sales. I'm passionate yeah. about sales because I think it gets a bad word, it gets bad rap. Yeah. And I think good salespeople know that it's a communication match for people and you can help people find what they want. You can help them meet their goals through some great questioning and all that. So I'm super passionate about what sales really provides to everyone. Um, pharmaceuticals I love because I had a degree in biology and it felt like it was a really genuine, you know, good match for me. So that what that's what, took me there. I was able to meet awesome people like Kelly. I managed some um, sales teams all across mm -hmm. the East Coast, um, sometimes the West Coast. I've been a little bit of everywhere, paid me handsomely. Yeah. Those benefits and uh, they're really good. But at the end of the day, um, what was painful is leaving my family every Monday morning. Yeah, um, it was either driving to you know God knows where, yep. or at different points of my career flying. So mm -hmm. leaving my house on a Monday morning, coming back late on a Thursday night, exhausted. Yep, you do the drill. Oh yeah. Fridays, you spend your time in the office, right? Just trying to catch up on all your paperwork. And Saturday and Sunday, you're so damn tired mm -hmm. doing laundry and you know doing all these errands. That you felt like I felt like I gave very little bit of me back to my family. Yeah. I love my job, love what I was doing, love the people of it, but I there was some real holes in my personal life. Yeah. I had a divorce. I mean, it was brutal, uh, some of the travel, but I looked at this beautiful little face of a little girl and um, I cried. You know, it started to be just painful leaving every Monday morning. Yeah, that'll wear on you over time. I know. Um, I, I I doubt you know this unless Kelly shared it with you. So my dad's spent his entire career in pharmaceutical sales and um, used to be a you know manager where he would travel all over the country and stuff. And then, you know, after my brother was born, his which was his second kid, he actually kind of voluntarily took a step back to just being a a I guess a sales rep so that he only had a local territory to cover because he saw the exact same thing. He was burnt out on the travel and he wasn't able to be around as much as he wanted to for the family. And so he stuck with pharmaceuticals, but kind of intentionally stepped backwards in his own career just so he could, you know, avoid the travel and, and um, spend more time with the family. I did that at one point too, where um, again, you know, when you become a regional manager, I'm a very driven person. So mm -hmm. when I was a sales rep, the moment I became a sales rep, I'm like, all right, so what do I need to do to get to that? Yeah. What's the next level? And what's the next level after that? Like, what's that? So, um, that's a great thing about my personality, but there was a point that I absolutely did the same thing. It was like, it's not worth it. Um, mm -hmm. this personal sacrifice and what we're going to talk about today's freedom had no freedom. I was yeah. changing the man. I call it the golden handcuffs. Yeah. It you so well, company cars, trips, all of it. Yeah. Um, but, but it comes at a, at a personal cost there that at the end of the day, at a certain point, right. It just was not worth it to me. Yeah. It, it is. I think golden handcuffs is a great way to describe it because as you've said, the compensation, the benefits, a lot of that is very, very tempting and hard to walk away from. But at the same time, if you don't have the personal freedom, uh, it can be tough to even enjoy, you know, all of the other benefits. It is. But I think it's interesting, like from my, from my own personal experience, 
I grew up very poor, very poor. Mm-hmm. And I worked really hard to get myself into the position that I was. I was really proud of that. Sure. But it was hard to move away from that too. And I know there's probably people listening to this today that struggle with that. Yeah. They know what they want to do, right? In their heart, they feel the passion to move on to do something else and truly want to do it. But there's this fear and there's also this desire for stability. Yeah. All of that just creates inaction sometimes. And I knew I wanted to leave a long time ago, but all of that um, kept me stationary uh, for longer than it should have. I had to move past some of that, which was, which was hard. It's hard and it's hard for everyone. I mean, it's human nature to be scared to step outside of your comfort zone and what you're accustomed to doing. Even if you, you know, have a lot of drivers kind of pushing you in that direction it's still hard to kind of make that leap and and you know have some faith in yourself and uh what you're feeling called to do uh and i know you know kelly and i have been there you know we just invested in another franchise business a couple months ago that we're launching early next year not our first business still scary as hell though (laughs) you know the butterflies are still there like it doesn't really get any easier the more you do it and i I don't want to kind of pick your brain a little bit later in the conversation about how you kind of got to the point of taking that leap of faith and, you know, walking away from the nice career that you've had and, and investing in yourself to build your own thing. Before we do that, though, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. So had a very successful career in pharmaceuticals, uh, talked a little bit already about, you know, why you kind of wanted to change it up and do something else. So what did you go on to do after pharmaceutical sales? Yeah, well, it was interesting. So uh, a couple things stood out to me. I knew, again, I wanted to sell. I just knew yeah. I needed a different product, one that was close by to me. Yeah. That I could live anywhere and I could sell. So um, I always enjoyed HGTV and looking at houses. I mean, okay. fundamentally, I just I love a little bit of design, but sure. that wasn't it. What really stood out to me is everybody that I know that is uber successful, real estate is part of their portfolio in one way, shape or fashion, whether it's personal home ownership mm-hmm. or maybe some investment properties or, you know, flipping homes or whatever. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, the opportunity there. And then I started doing a little bit of research and it was interesting to me that there were a lot of really great agents that were out there, but they never had that corporate, that background experience, mm. just a little bit of structure, right? They're sure. just, like, yeah. I personalities, great salespeople, but we're out there by the seat of their pants selling yeah. homes, yeah. selling homes with great success. But I thought, wow, I kind of have a little bit of a cool background by being a corporate, you know, salesperson, but also a manager. Yeah, just taught me so much, and I thought, wow, if I could apply that in real estate fashion, and um, you know, what what would that even look like? Sure. So I met Tina Call who I'll always be thankful for because as much as I believe in me, she believes in me even more. And so um, she's the first person that's ever told me that my dreams weren't big enough. And I thought, wow, who is this little chick? (laughs) Because everybody in my whole life had been like, I mean, you're doing fine. Settle down. Everything's good. And she was the first person that was like, I mean, it's good, but I think it could be better. And I was like, that's the kind of person, right? That that's I great. Associate myself with. Hell yeah, that's what you need. Yeah, that was my missing piece. Mm. So together, we've been able to build what I feel like is a little bit of a real estate empire. Mm-hmm. So we're growing our sales team, but we're also associated with EXP Realty now, and okay. we have the opportunity to grow that firm. And uh, by doing that, I'm able to help people. I'm able to kind of grow my own personal team. And, um, you know, we're expanding down to the coast. And uh, so there's there's lots of opportunity in real estate. So that's why I'm there. I love it. So it's like, just to make sure I'm understanding. So did you know that real estate is what you wanted to transition to before you like actually resigned and left your, your yeah. most recent job in pharmaceuticals? Or did you just kind of say, all right, I'm walking away and I'm going to figure it out you know, once I, or did you kind of have that plan in place before you actually left? 
So I'm a risk taker, but it has to be a very calculated. Yeah, risk definitely. Risk Agreed. So I did. I, um, I spent a long time talking to my husband Well, we were still dating at the time, actually trying to figure out what that looked like. So mm-hmm. real estate jumped out to me immediately. So I actually got my license um, okay. before I ever even left real estate. So I wanted to make sure, I mean, pharmaceuticals, I wanted to make sure that that was probably going to be a really good path for me. Yep. Still serious hell, but at least I kind of knew where, yeah. what area I wanted to go into. Yeah. Well, and that's why I asked, right? Is because like we've already talked about, this is the biggest thing that keeps people from ever making moves, right? Whether it's getting into business for themselves or just, you know, making the changes that they inside themselves know they need to make to to have the type of life that they want to have. It's always the fear. I call it FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But to your point, if you kind of strategically put start putting the pieces in place, you can remove a lot of the risk. You're never going to entirely remove the the risk, but if you're strategic about it, you can make it so that it's not as big of a leap of faith. You have a plan in place. And what I've always found is just by starting to take some baby steps to put those pieces in place, you build confidence. Like for me, when I started this consulting business, I had a very good job working for a very reputable franchise organization doing their franchise sales. I had a great salary, made a lot of money in commission, benefits, all of that, we owned our franchise already. So like the benefits were through me and that company. And when I decided to resign, it was a hard thing to do. Just like, you know, you've talked about for all of the same reasons, but I knew this is what I wanted to do and what I needed to do. So like, I literally started before I resigned, like I had a logo designed. Yeah. Like that, that was my first step. And then I made it like the, yeah, but it was like, you know, it was like cost me $15 or something like that to have this logo made. And then I set up an email account and then I started working on a website and all of this is well before I resigned, but it gave me something to work on. And as more of the pieces started falling in place, it started becoming real in my head. And then it just got to a point where it was like, there's no turning back. I've, I've come this far and it wasn't really that far, but it's like, I've already got this, like I've got to do this now. And right. for me, it just somehow made it at least a little bit easier. No, I think that's great. I think you're right. You've got to start somewhere. Um, for me, it was talking to other real estate agents that I was mm-hmm. friends with. I just was like, hey, just meet me for coffee. I just want to pick your brain. I wanted the real, the real shit on it. You know, yeah. it, give me the bad, give me the good, give me all of it. Um, I don't want to see what I just see on Facebook. Just tell me, what do I need to do? What do I, how do I need to plan now? And then I am kind of a nerd west. I went home and I started working on like a business plan. You know, yeah. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm just, I want my steps. Where am I going to market myself? How am I going to grow this business? I wanted at least a little bit of structure around it. So I wasn't out there just winging it because I had money saved. Right. But sure. I didn't spend all the money that I did, that I had saved. Right. I didn't do this either. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you took a very methodical approach to, you know, setting up your transition so that you weren't just jumping blindly into the unknown. And I think that's important to stress, right? Because so many people, when they are thinking about the thought of, you know, leaving a good job and starting their own thing, I think in their mind, that's kind of how they view it is, hey, I'm just going to blindly, you know, jump off the cliff and hope that, you know, I don't crash and burn on the way down. And it's like, no, you can, you can kind of strategically start doing your research and figuring out where it is you want to go before you find yourself in that spot where you have to jump and don't, don't really know what the next step is going to be after that. If I could give one other piece of advice to that, I think like really worked for me and continues to work for me is surrounding yourself with like super positive people. Yes. If you do anything that's going to be a big change in your life, um, man, as exciting as you are on doing your logo and all this, you know, there are some days, right. That we're like, what the hell did I do? Like, did oh, yeah. I make like the worst mistake <laughs> in my life? And yep. will karma take me back? Please take me back. Yeah. And if I had not had people around me during those days to go, okay, girl, you know, you got this, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then I think even like I have a strong personality, but even I think I could have slipped in um, so I never want to paint a, a beautiful, perfect picture because that is not the case. Oh, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. But if you believe in yourself, 
And if you want to bank on you, then you've got to kind of push through to do those things. I made millions of dollars for other people, yeah. not, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. But I thought to myself, why am I making it for everybody else around me? Why don't I try to start making it for moi? Because yeah. I like to work. I'm a hard worker. And it's okay to kind of want that for yourself. Just hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, and you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of figuring out your why. And I think that's important too, because whether it's in preparation of, you know, starting your own business or once you've already started, there's going to be some rough days. There's going to be those days where you're looking in the mirror, like, what the hell was I thinking? Like I've lost my mind. And so I think, those days in particular are when you really need to refocus on that why, that kind of bigger picture that you're trying to build. And it helps you kind of recalibrate a little bit and, and kind of step back out of the moment and realize, all right, I'm still on track. I'm still living my why. This is a, you know, temporary speed bump in the road. But a lot of people I found haven't really taken the time to figure out what their why is. Um, you know, when I start working with someone that wants to explore business ownership and wants to, you know, learn more about franchising, uh, that's where we start. You know, we just, we really try to get clear on what their why is, what they're trying to accomplish and how does business ownership fit into that. Um, and then from there, it's a lot easier to find a business that's a good fit for them and is going to be more likely to help them accomplish everything they want to versus starting with, you know, just a random product or service that may be of interest to them. I could not agree with you more. And I also think that people don't go deep enough on their why. Yeah. So I find when I talk to people, they naturally want to say my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that's not people's a part of their why, right? But I think that's surface. I really do. Agree. And so I think you have to like write it down to the finest detail, you have to visualize it and you have to figure out what it is that lights your fire. Mm -hmm. Like literally it makes your mind wanna explode. Like it's in your heart, your gut, all of it. If you can explore and you can get down to that, which is what you're doing by making people go through that, then yeah, you can do some matching that, that makes sense, but people just don't go deep enough and it's, it's hard, but you, you have to. Yeah, agreed. It's always like the same two or three responses at surface level. I want to spend more time with my family. Most people do. That's a very uh, valiant ambition, but most people do. You know, I want more freedom. I want more control of my time. I want more financial resources. Those are like the three most common responses. But to your point, you got to drill down a lot deeper. Okay, well, what are you not able to do with your family right now that you would be able to if you had more time. What does that look like? What does more financial resources allow you to do that you're not currently able to do? And I love what you said about visualization and we're going to get along great because I'm a huge nerd too. And everyone that listens to the podcast knows this about me. You have a vision board. I love it. Um, I love it. I've got one. It's not an actual board. I've got it in PowerPoint, but I pull it up every morning and I have a journal where I go in every usually like once a quarter and I'll write out like my 50, 25, 10, five year goals. And then I'll write down my yearly goals broken down by quarter. But I try to get as detailed as I possibly can with those goals. And then I read them every morning and I've got my vision board kind of up while I'm reading them. And it sounds really nerdy. I know. And I used to think, you know, when I heard people talk about visualization, I'm like, that's just some, you know, woo woo. I, I was like, I don't, I'm not buying this, but, and it's not woo woo. Like it's, it's really just once you really intently focus on something and you're constantly kind of thinking about it and working towards it, it's more likely to happen, right? You start to recognize opportunities that you may not have recognized before, but it's crazy. Like since I started doing that, how, how many of these things have become a reality and how specifically they've become a reality compared to how I wrote them out. It's, it's mind blowing. It's crazy. So we have an agent on our team, Mackenzie Satini, who I love. We do a lot of videos together uh -huh. and her vision board, we just looked at it and we were laughing. She must've had, I don't know, 15 things on her vision board. Some of it was like her house, right? She mm -hmm. wanted to remodel her kitchen, 
literally the only two things she did not accomplish, she couldn't because of COVID. They were like traveling with her family and going some things, but she's already set aside to actually accomplish those two things too. Yeah. But to your point, write some goals down, be very specific. And then it is super important to get real with your goals. Envision yourself doing it. What's your life going to look like in, in that scenario? And then suddenly it seems like it's a possibility. It's, it can be real. And then next thing you know, you don't even have to know how, but it happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The how usually kind of presents itself and, and in my experience in ways that you never would have imagined but I think that's a big part of visualization is it kind of allows you to tap into your subconscious a little bit more, which is, you know, helping you identify opportunities that, you know, if you weren't thinking about these things on a regular basis, you, you would have just probably walked right past the opportunity and never even noticed it as an opportunity. So I, I think that's a, a huge piece of anyone that's really considering leaving whatever it is that they're doing and, getting into business for themselves in some form or fashion is first and foremost, get very clear on your why. And you gave us some great examples of how you kind of went through that process. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at Wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. Talk to us a little bit more about, you know, what you're doing with the real estate firm that you're involved in. Cause I think from, from what I know, you guys are taking a, a pretty unique approach. I think you've been able to leverage your experience kind of in corporate America to help give a little more structure and maybe a more sophisticated approach. But if I understand correctly, you spend a lot of your time teaching, coaching and mentoring other real estate agents. Is that correct? Yes. So getting in touch with what fills my cup and where my why is. So I want, I want to make money. I want some freedom just like anybody else. And I'm not going to apologize for that because it is what it is. But I also feel like that's not where my cup is filled. That's not what gives me energy. And so I've really tried to be very aware this past year, especially when I have felt really high, like I'm giving and I, I just feel I don't know, you're vibrating at a really higher level, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pick up on that. 
where that has been is where I've been helping people, coaching people, training people. But that's always been my love. That's, yeah. you know, even in pharmaceutical management, I mean, like working with Kelly and like, hey, let's just kind of work through these questions or, hey, let's look at these disc profiles and kind of drill down on some things. I love that. That gives me energy like nobody's business. Yep. So I'm fortunate enough at my firm with the XP Realty, if I help other agents become more successful, then there's some financial benefit for me as well. So for me, it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. I'm building my sales team, and we've had a kick-ass year in the middle of COVID. Yeah. You know, we, we hit our sales goals this year. and we had I a love hearing that. Like 80% over goal, which is awesome. Yeah. So that's been great. And then I've been able to help agents be successful too. And I get more satisfaction out of them being successful than I do myself and the yep. team that we run individually. So there's this awesome alignment here, right? So everything is working great because I think I am vibrating at a higher level. I've become more passionate. Yep. When this part's going really great, then guess what? Everything in my life is going a little bit better. So if I can spend time on the things that I love to do, they help me, I help other people. And then in a weird way, it's amazing how finances begin to kind of come into alignment as well too. So it's this beautiful yeah. um, marriage. No, it, it makes perfect sense to me. And, and um, I mean, so much of what, what you just talked about like really resonates with me because I've kind of figured out through previous roles that, what I really enjoy doing is helping other people understand franchising and figure out if that can be a way for them to start building the type of life that they want, you know, creating more freedom for themselves through business ownership. And when I'm doing that, it, it lights me up. Right. And that's why I wanted to start my own consulting business because now I'm in a better spot to help people. When I was representing just a single franchise brand, I'd meet awesome people and we'd realize over the course of kind of the due diligence process that my brand was not the best fit for them. And, and then I'm at a, I, I can't really help them beyond that point. Now I can connect people with hundreds of different franchise companies. I can work with someone until we find something that's a good fit. But, you know, I'm in a commission driven business. I'm not actually selling anything. I'm connecting dots, but if I'm not introducing people to franchise companies that end up buying and becoming franchisees, I'm not getting paid. So it, I know this, but it still happens every now and then I get a little bit of commission breath and I start pushing a little bit. Oh, I love and, it. use that term all the time. <laughs> yeah. But then that's, that's not where I'm really adding value. And that's where things start to slide backwards a little bit. When I just kind of let go and focus on doing nothing more than adding value to the people that I'm working with, giving them advice, you know, when I'm in a position to do so and just helping steer them in the direction of what's best for them, even if that means they don't buy a franchise and I make no money for the time I've spent with that person, that's when things really start to click and, and come together. And to your point, the, the financial compensation always follows if you you know, or doing the right thing by the people that you're working with and, and spending the vast majority of your time doing the things that you love doing that you really can get fired up about. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. Like your influence begins to kind of spread, right? Instead of mm -hmm. this small group and then you're right, you're just playing matchmaker or maybe you have some experience. Like what I'm passionate about right now are two things. So we have a lot of newer agents that come into this industry. This is a tough industry, especially mm -hmm. if you don't have sales background or maybe you haven't run your own business before. Suddenly these people are thrust into, holy crap, I've never sold. Yeah. And now I'm running my own corporation. Yikes. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I want to help failure rate with that. So how can okay. we give people a very specific direct plan to take some of the noise away so that they can be successful so that I can influence that because of the experience that I have, right? I've kind of done that. I've, I've, I've built a, a team of Tina and I, I mean, she's the team lead, but we have built this thing into something much larger. So we've been, we've kind of done that and been there. Mm -hmm. And then there's also these agents that I call the level up agents. So they're good. They're awesome. In fact, but now they want to take their business from here to here. Yeah. So how do we help you scale that piece there too? Again, these are the two things that fire me up. So I get excited about, let's figure out, let's sit, let's talk. Let's figure out what that plan is. Most people, it's structure. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. where my corporate background, I think, kind of helps me because I understand corporations are successful for a reason. 
Yeah. Because they do have the structure. No yeah. doubt. Um, I see that too. I, I talk to people all the time and they're like, Wes, why would I invest all this money up front to buy a franchise? And then why would I give usually a percentage of gross revenue on an ongoing basis back to the franchisor? It all comes down to structure. Like I talk to people all the time. They're like, I'm, I'm way too entrepreneurial to need a franchise. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I know a lot of great franchisees that could have very easily gone out and done their own thing and built it from scratch. But with a good franchise, it gives you the potential to run so much faster because the structure and everything's there. And that is what so many people struggle with uh, in business. And so I, I love, you know, hearing you talk about helping some of these agents that are really good, but if they were just a little more structured and had better systems and processes and better understood where, you know, to focus the majority of their time, they can go to a whole nother level and then even beyond that. So I think it's really, really cool. Tell us some of the ways that you're doing that. Cause I know you're putting a lot of content out you're putting programs together. So tell us a little bit more about uh, some of those things that you're working on. Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, learning experience through 2020 of like, how do you put that stuff out in a way? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it just learning that process, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I wanted to do something I knew on YouTube, but I knew I needed to put out really great content before I shared it with anyone, too. So this year, our Freedom Builders group, which is our mastermind within our uh, firm. Okay. We decided like we're going to do a lot of kick and trainings. We really want people to be great, but we got to record it. And we got to put it in a place where people can find it. So yep. we started to do that. So we we're building our library. Okay. And at the same time, I'm passionate about newer agents. So I wanted to do like a specific new agent series. And then through that, then I am now connected to a lot of newer agents. And then it was like, all right, we need to drill it down even further. Um, so I did a, a new agent jumpstart um, program where it's like week one, day one, do this. Yeah. Week day yeah. one, do this. Because great salespeople, right? They're squirrels. They'll be all over the place without being told something very specific. Yeah. Um, so we put all this, uh, all these resources on YouTube and, and then now I'm exploring about how do I get the word out? How do I tell mm -hmm. people that it's available? And also to double check myself to make sure there's good value there. Sure. But also 2021, we've got some other programs we're going to put in place too, to build it out even further. And then that level up agent that I was just talking about, that's kind of my next foray in 2021 is to build out some structured programs for them too. But it all comes down to training, really. Yeah, it yeah. does. And, and again, it's so similar to franchising. I mean, that's like, you know, in a good franchise, we're going through an onboarding process with a new franchise right now. It's literally like, hey, here's a checklist of things you need to do in the right order to get ready to come to training. And then after you've completed training, these are the final things you need to do to launch your business. And, you know, this is where you should be spending your time in your first month of business and so forth. And um, that type of guidance is invaluable because most people even if they have a general idea of what needs to be done, it's very hard to sit down and structure everything, especially when you're on the verge of starting a new venture. Like you just have so much on your mind and so many things to do. So uh, I, I absolutely love it. So this content, is it, is it free? Are you selling it as courses or it's all free? I know. That's um, huge. <laughs> well, the thing is, again, I want people in my universe that are aligned with me and what they need and what I have to offer. And so yep. I didn't want to charge anybody for it. And first of all, again, I want to double check it's good before I do anything on it anyway. But yeah, I mean, I truly want to help people. I want them to be successful. I get a lot of personal gain from that um, when I see those, um, when I see that kind of come through anyway. So yeah, it's all on YouTube and well, well, like we've talked about, it'll come back around in some form or fashion. It always does, you know, when you're doing it for the right reasons. So, um, and we'll make sure we put this in the show notes, but tell people where they can find uh, you on YouTube and, and uh, you know, all of this great content that you're putting out. Yeah, if you're a real estate agent, come check me out for sure. Um, I'm at Pam at callteam.com is the email address, but it's, you know, Pamela Saxman is my name too. So just search and you'll see I've got tons of playlists on agent training, uh, new agent courses there as well too. So lots of content, um, LinkedIn, 
I think my, um, my new agent program, if you wanted to sign up for that too and register, you get a booklet and you get that series that week one, day one, all of that. That is agentjumpstarter.com. Okay, perfect. And yeah, we'll post all that in the show notes so people can easily find it. I'll say this too, though. Uh, and, and we were talking a little bit about this offline before we started recording, but I mean, my wife Kelly's used some of your training material with our sales team, which is not in real estate. And it's been very applicable, um, you know, in our experience. So for those of you listening out there that, you know, are building teams and, you know, training teams, I think a lot of what Pam's putting out there could be relevant as well, even if you're not uh, involved in real estate. Um, And on that note, while I've got you, I'd love to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about, you know, some of what you've learned over the course of your career in corporate America that you think has helped you be successful as an entrepreneur? Because a lot of the people that I work with that are interested in getting into business from yourselves come from long careers in corporate America. Mm-hmm. They've got these amazing skill sets. But they don't always seem to understand how they can leverage that skill set to be successful in business. And one of the first things I try to get people to buy in on is keeping an open mind in terms of what type of business they would be interested in exploring. For example, our franchise businesses, custom shelving, custom closets, insulation, like not sexy businesses and not anything that we knew anything about before we got into it, but we had to really understand, you know, what is our role as the franchise owners? It's not to build shelves, it's not to build closets, it's not to install insulation. At, at the end of the day, our primary role in all of those businesses is to build and manage teams and recruit the right people and then, of course, retain them. And that's what so many franchise companies are looking for. So I'd love to hear you speak a little bit to how you feel you've been able to leverage your skill set that you developed over your career in corporate America to be successful as an entrepreneur. Because I think a lot of people listening could benefit from hearing some of that from you. And you're right. There's so much I learned. A lot of it I actually took for granted there too. And Mm -hmm. so you mentioned one thing when you're hiring people. um, I think that's where people can make a mistake right out of the gate as as a business owner, if you've never done it before, right? Yeah. And so when you go through it, you realize there's some ways to really hire well. And so that was probably my takeaway number one. So setting expectations. Mm, Um, People don't mind working for you as long as you're very clear on what you want from them. And you can ask them for some really audacious things as long as everybody's aligned. There's nothing worse than hiring someone, they're miserable, you're miserable, and you just weren't clear from the very start. Yeah. So it can be just setting in some really basic systems. So write your expectations down. Look and see what the day is actually going to look like. Give them like a sheet that says, here's your time block of how you're going to spend your time. Um, being intentional on what, um, your, what your culture looks like. Is that person going to fit in your culture? I will give a disc sometimes an assessment before I bring someone in because I kind of know I need certain personality traits yep. for different roles that I have. Yeah. So that's something I learned from, from corporate America there too. So train well, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's another piece. So figure out what content they're really going to need in order for them to do the job really well and just deliver some great systematic training too. A couple other things I learned setting goals. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, a lot of you know, real estate agents or any entrepreneur, they get excited. They just start working and grinding. Yep. And not realize that they don't sit down and have a business plan with some goals in there. They will find that they're just churning and not really working towards something. So if yeah. you have any of that experience, you know how valuable it is to have everybody marching towards the same goal. Absolutely. Our team knew from day one this year, our goal was to sell 350 homes. And guess how many we're going to sell? How many? Exactly 350. It's almost no way. Like, like, well, (laughs) maybe we should have said 400, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I knew that goal all year. The the goal setting piece is so important. And I'll back up even before I say that. Setting the right expectations, like we've learned this the hard way in our businesses, is so key. And like in our first franchise business, we were recruiting for kind of weird 
types of roles. Like our people are 1099 commission only, mm-hmm. you know, there's no guaranteed money, but there's also no set schedule. They kind of set their own schedule, very flexible, I guess, similar in, in some ways to uh, a real estate agent, maybe. So we've found we've learned over time, it's critically important to set the right expectations because we've had some people that we brought on board that ended up not being a good fit. Uh, and some of that was on us because we did not communicate the expectations that we had for the people in that role in our business. And so then you're fighting an uphill battle from day one, not necessarily because it's the team member's fault. It's just, you did, we didn't clearly explain what we expected of them. And so they're disappointing us, but not even realizing it, <laughs> you know? So we definitely learned that. I think that's so important. And then setting goals and creating that alignment, making sure everyone is marching towards the same goal. Um, I do a short Monday episode of the podcast called Mindset Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I talked about this previous Monday was setting smart goals for the upcoming year. Cause I've gone through that process myself and in my businesses, you know, making sure I've got my goals set for the upcoming year. And it is amazing. And I've been guilty of this myself going into a new year and you don't have to wait till the end of the year to set goals either. Right. But it's kind of a good time to do it in most businesses, but I've been guilty myself of just, I know I want to like do things and grow my business, but I don't have any clear specific goals set. And so how do you track how you're doing? You know, are you ahead? Are you behind? Are you right on point? It's uh, unless you have some clear goals, it's hard to know. Yeah. And you do need to track it. We talk a lot about knowing your numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to go anywhere, you got to know where you are today. So evaluate where your business is and then where you want to go. And I think people that have been in corporate America kind of understand that. Hopefully I think yeah. that's something else. And one other thing I thought about Wes too sure. was accountability. Accountability. Mm-hmm. Many of us want to leave corporate life because we're like, I got this. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. And what I realize is you will understand the value of what accountability really, really provides you when you become a true entrepreneur. No doubt. Whether it's your coach, it could be your wife um, or someone else in your life just going, hey, Wes, man, um, you're kind of missing the mark here. I love you enough to tell you to do that. So if you come from corporate America, that is something that you know you tr- in your heart of hearts. You know when your manager stood over you, stood over you for a reason. Um, so apply that too. That is such a great skill that people are afraid to use and is powerful in business. Yeah, I think um, that, that's such a good point. So I've got a mentor of mine that I've had for years, and he refers to the people that he surrounds himself with to hold him accountable is his personal board of directors. Um, yeah. And he's like, he's, he's like hardcore about this though. Like he'll have board meetings with his personal board of directors and he'll have one all, and he's got it scheduled out for like the entire year ahead, but it's all about accountability and it is powerful. And I think if you, you know, spend a lot of time in corporate America, you, you might, take some of that for granted because you just kind of always had it. And then to your point, once you get out on your own, you can find yourself on an Island pretty quickly and it can get kind of lonely. I mean, in my consulting business, I'm in a couple of peer groups with other consultants that do what I do. Um, We don't work for each other. We don't, you know, really have to answer to each other. But for me, it's even more powerful if I've got a peer calling me on something like, yo man, you, you were supposed to do, four more consultations last month than you actually did. Like that's harder for me to be okay with than if I had a manager that I actually worked for, you know, calling me out on being behind on my numbers. It's pretty powerful um, having people like that, keeping you accountable. Well, it's kind of funny. Everybody's, I've had a couple of people ask me over the years, like, what's your manager style? And I'm like, I'm like your mom, you know, (laughs) like, which is the accountability piece, right? It's like, you never want to disappoint your mom. It makes it kind of tough though. I love you. Like you're one of my kids. If you do something great, I'm going to love, I'll love you. I just am, but I'm going to be standing right there and I'm going to tell you because I love you enough to tell you when you're screwing up too. So that's your friends or someone in your life. You don't have to even pay for them. In fact, it's better when you can get people that are personally invested in you Mm because they want to be successful. They want you to hit your goals and, and they'll tell you, they'll call you out on your BS. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so important. And look, for what it's worth, and I'm not just saying this because you're doing my podcast right now, but I mean, Kelly has said so many times that you're one of the best managers that she's ever had. And 
if I remember correctly, you guys didn't work together for that long. It wasn't like years or anything, was it? It was like maybe no, a year. We were on a we were on a contract and yeah. and for the record, Kelly is one of my favorites too because she's so coachable. Like yeah. She would. Ask, she really wanted to learn, and so that that kind of person you just want to pour into. You're like, ooh, anything I can help you want to. So she's amazing. But yeah, it wasn't really all that long, really. Yeah, but you you definitely made an impact on on her, and I'm glad you guys have stayed in touch. Um, you know, even since you stopped working together, since she stopped working for you. But she's another example, and she didn't spend as long in you know, quote unquote, corporate America. But I think she would tell you that a lot of the success she's had as a business owner came from things that she learned in her stint in, in corporate America. So uh, I think there is a lot of translatable skills that, that people learn in corporate America that they can apply to business ownership, even in businesses that they may not be able to kind of draw the connection to. Um, so this has been awesome. I mean, is there any other advice or maybe words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with any aspiring entrepreneurs out there, you know, someone that like we've already talked about is feeling called, feeling driven to do more than they are doing, wants to do their own thing, but is just paralyzed by fear or just doesn't quite know how to get started. I think, I mean, I think we hit on a lot of great things about finding your why too. The only other thing I want to add maybe a little bit about that is trying to find what your authentic message is. Mm. I think we see a lot of people on social media, especially, right? And it looks, it looks wonderful. And we can get in the trap of wanting to emulate someone else. Yeah. They inspire us. And so that is awesome that we have them there for inspiration. But I think if you can find out what you're passionate about and how you want to deliver that message, it will help you get over that fear. Because you, then you have just a bigger thing, right, that you're, that you're trying to do. And then like we've talked about, your fire gets lit up because it feels like it's authentic. It's you. You have something to share. Everybody has awesome stories in their life. I don't yeah. care who you are. You have a past. Trust in yourself. Just do it at the end of the day. It is worth it. It's going to be hard, yeah. but it's worth it at the end of it take a chance on you, but really just dig deep, find that why. Don't let it be something silly or because it won't last if you do. Yeah. But if you expire, just do it. Just do it. I love that. Dig deep, find your why, make sure it's really your why. Otherwise that fire will burn out as soon as you have a bad day. Um, Uh But I, I love what you said about, you know, being yourself, being genuine, because again, that's where, the magic starts to happen, right? Is when you, when you find your why, when you are spending time on the things that really fire you up and you're doing it your way, not mm-hmm. trying to do it the same way someone else would do. Cause you're, you're always going to do you better than you're going to try yes. to do someone else the way that, that they do it. Um, and I know that's been the case for me. I mean, as soon as I, you know, had my own thing, I'm able to do it exactly. The, and it doesn't mean you're not learning from other people sure. that have yeah. had success. It's just, you're taking what you learn from other people and then you're applying it to yourself and kind of putting your own spin on it. And that's where things really start to click. And, and as I said, the magic kind of starts happening. So I think that's good advice. And yeah, just believe in yourself at the end of the day, that's, that's what you're doing. When you start a business, you're investing in you and, you know, I, I talk to people about investing in franchises. I'm like, you know, do you invest money in the stock market? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, how much control do you have over that investment once you've made it? None. I mean, you can do as much research on the front end, but once you've invested that money, you have no control, at least with a business, you've got levers that you can can pull, you know, as the owner of the business, there's things that you can do to impact the outcome. You don't have control over everything. Like none of us had control over COVID this year, right? That hurt a lot of businesses, some more so than others. But um, at the end of the day, you have more control as a business owner than you do as an employee or in, in most other investment vehicles out there. That would, you know, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think that was another thing that kind of pushed me out of corporate America in a lot of ways. Um, pharmaceuticals at that time, there were so many companies being, you know, purchased and there were layoffs. And I mean, Kelly, I remember talking to her. She's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because yeah. I want to be somewhere and I want to work and I want to invest my time and energy in and build something. Right. She had that kind of spirit. 
It's like, why let somebody else control my destiny? At the yeah. end of it, it makes no sense. I get it. It's stability, but you're going to have to choose stability and being in the same place all the time or taking a chance, taking a bit of a calculated risk if you're mm -hmm. smart about it, but you're taking a chance on you in the end. And then you ultimately have more control of whether 100%. you're or not. And the stability piece is what hangs a lot of people up. But I mean, because Kelly got laid off. Yeah. Uh, she was out on maternity leave when she got laid off. And it was, you know, a company wide big layoff. So I guess the being out on maternity leave part was kosher or whatever. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it just kind of goes to show you that I mean, again, COVID, so many people got laid off because of COVID, something completely outside of their control. For many people, they were probably top performers with their company. It didn't have anything to do with their performance, but they got laid off. So it, what usually seems like the more stable option to a lot of people, the salary, knowing how much money is coming in every month, the benefits, the stock options, the retirement funds, all of these things, they're not always as stable as a lot of people think. And unfortunately for most people, it has to happen to them before they kind of actually realize that like, no, all of my eggs are in the basket of my employer, actually, and the winds can change or something completely outside of my control can happen, and it results in my job going away. Yeah. Um, how, how am I going to react to that stimulus, right? Am I going to allow it to just continue to happen to me over and over again? Or am I going to make some decisions to where I then take that control back there, too? COVID is, I hate to say it, it's been a blessing in a lot of ways, right? Because yeah. It forced us to get out of our comfort zone, do business maybe a little bit different than we did. Mm -hmm. And then we've had a lot of people come and work with us because they had that corporate job. And they're like, you know what? I've wanted to do real estate for the last 15 years, but that those golden handcuffs kind of held me up. Yeah. And so COVID kind of forced a little bit of action and then we're seeing success and they're, they're happy, right? So. Yep. Um, sometimes you need it forced upon you. And oh, you do. I mean, I, Kelly and I've talked about this. I mean, uh, we were talking about, you know, kind of doing something on our own when she got laid off and, you know, we just had our first daughter too. So she was having mixed feelings about going back to work in a full-time capacity and the travel and stuff like that. But I don't, I, so I think we would have gotten there eventually, but I don't think we would have walked through that door uh, as quickly as we did, had we not kind of been kicked through it. So, right. um, and I've used that, that example on the podcast before. I mean, sometimes what seems like a punch in the gut at the moment, you look back on it later and, you know, she and I can both look back and say that was one of the best things that has ever happened to us professionally is that she lost her job. It was scary as hell there for a minute, but it gave us the motivation to go ahead and start making some moves that we knew we needed to make in the first place. Love it. So, um, well, Pam, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, uh, you dropping in on the podcast. This has been awesome. I could talk to you for hours, but I know you've got a lot going on. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up, uh, for anyone that wants to connect with you. Um, well, before I do that, if you can bear with me for like one more minute, I'm almost about to forget my lightning round here. So I, I have a lightning round. It's the same four questions that I ask every single guest that comes on the podcast, which has been a lot of fun for me to just kind of, you know, hear so many different successful people's answers to these same questions. So, but we can run through these pretty quickly um, if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Awesome. So the first lightning round question is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And that could be business advice or just general life advice? Uh, don't ever be afraid to be your true self. I, I love it. this for a long time. I felt like I had to be this, um, this overproduced version of me. And mm. now I realize that I don't, I just got to be me and that's got to be good enough. And that feels good to me, but that's been a lesson for me. So I had yeah. a little bit of advice of that um, from someone important to me. And yeah, that's I good. love that. No, that's gold right there. Um, all right. Next question is, do you have any sort of a morning routine, any thing that you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Yeah, I call it getting quiet. Um, mm. So I, I get up fairly early every morning, you know, about 6, 6.15 or so. Now I should go to the gym, guys, but I don't. Um, but what I've gotten in the habit of doing is coming downstairs in my robe, um, I have my little dog, Finley. He's amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, 
I try to start my day quiet as opposed to how I used to grab my phone. And that yep. was the very first thing that I did. It didn't put me in the right headspace. So for yeah. me, being quiet helps me process how I'm feeling, where I need to go that day. Um, but just, you know, reflect back, have some moments of gratitude, mm-hmm. um, just to get my head in the right spot because y'all mindset is like 99% of all of this. So you got to work on that first and foremost, sit in my coffee and, uh, have a good, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so It's really all I need. And yeah. then I, then I start getting ready for the day. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that that kind of quiet time and, you know, that can look different for different people, but before you grab the phone, before you start checking the emails, because as soon as you do that, in a way, you're giving up control of your day because, you know, an email comes in and someone needs something from you and it's time sensitive. And so now whatever you had planned, you're off to something else. So I know that's been huge for me is, you know, finding some quiet time to collect my thoughts, think about what I need to accomplish today and, and go into it with at least some sort of a plan. Yes. Um, so I love that and, and totally agree. Mindset's huge in all of this. So thanks for the unintentional plug for the Mindset Monday episodes of the podcast. But I mean, it's, it's critical. It'll, it'll make or break you, you know, having the right mindset. Um, not sure if you're a big reader or not, but if you are, uh, do you mind sharing with us what book you're reading right now? Yeah, I've got two going on. Um, there's one that I've read, rereading it. It's called Beyond Positive Thinking by Dr. Robert Anthony. Yeah. Uh, and it's the whole mindset thing there too. There's an audio um, kind of clips that go along with it, but it just slows you down, makes you process, keeps your mindset positive, keeps you strong. Yeah. We train our bodies. We train in so many different ways, but we don't train our mind commonly. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the author's name, but it's called Discipline. And that one has been a word that for 2020 kind of meant something for me. I've got goals. There's things I want to do, but now I need to apply some discipline. So that book has been um, kind of integral for that one, too. I doubt you can see that, but that's uh, my word of the year, discipline right there. Awesome. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it's important, right? And you know, it's, there's a lot of ways we can spend our time, but there's a lot fewer ways that are going to actually generate results. And it takes discipline to, um, understand what those things are and then actually, you know, spend the time on them that they require. So yeah, that was a big focus for me over the course of this year as well. Discipline. So, um, now I'll have to check that book out. I have read, uh, the first one that you mentioned, but it's, it's been a while. Um, so that might be one that I, I want to circle back to, but, um, occasionally it's, it's one I used to carry it in my purse, honestly. Yeah. And I had like a moment of, I was sitting in a doctor's office waiting or something. I would just pick it out and just you know, read some things through it. So yeah, I've got a few books that I try to read every year. Like think and grow rich is a book yeah. that I've read, I think once a year for like the last five years. Um, so there's some that are just great to go back to. Um, All right. So then final question is, uh, what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? That's a really good question. Both of those. So my definition of freedom is doing absolutely what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, it. Just kind of basic, but that, that is definitely it. I'm getting there. Um, so I definitely have a plan for freedom. Um, this year I've embraced, um, I want my money to work for me and I want to have um, some revenue share. I want things. I don't want to work harder. I want to work smarter. Yeah. So I'm sleeping and I want money kind of coming into my bank account. Yep. Um, and, but it's not about money because I'm not necessarily materialistic, but what that money provides me is that freedom. Sure. And then I can have choices to spend time doing training, giving back all of those things too. So I'm getting there. I'm not quite there, but I'm, I'm getting closer. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's hard to, as we've talked about so much today, you know, finding your why, spending time on the things that really fire you up. It's, it's hard to do as much of that if you're worried about how am I going to pay the bills, right? So I, and I'm with you, I don't think there's anything wrong with being ambitious and wanting to, you know, make a lot of money and be financially successful, because I think it gives us the ability to then really live our lives the way we want to live and not have to focus so much on you know, how, how are we going to generate income and pay the bills? It frees you up to 
really live life the way you want to. And for most people, I think that involves giving back in, in a variety of ways as well. So, um, well, look again, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate this. I know I enjoyed it. No doubt everyone that tunes in is going to get tons of value from everything that you've shared. Uh, we'll link your YouTube channel, your websites, uh, in the show notes so people can find your courses and, um, really, really appreciate you making time to do this. Uh, for those of you listening in kind of real time, we're right here on the holidays. So Pam, hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday and, um, a great start to the new year. Awesome. Thanks so much, Wes. I enjoyed it. I could talk to you all day too. So. I know, right? <laughs> um, well, we'll have to stay in touch for sure. And, um, and, uh, maybe have you on again at some point. Sounds good. Anytime. Let me know. Awesome. Thanks. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.